Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? The began on July 4th, 1770. This is where the fun begins. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Uh, I thought pie jokes were bad. All right, ramblers, let's get rambling. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Genre Geeks. We are going to be ranting about Jurassic World Dominion. With me, of course, is Heath. What's up? And special guest from the underrated cast company. There's a lot. You have your show title, you have your, your show, and then you also have like the name of your cast, which I'm envious of because a part of me wishes I would have done that with us. But with us, of course, is Derek. How you doing, dude? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm a massive fan. I really I, lo- I do love your show. I like the underrated podcast because you guys do something that I really like. And I it was an idea I had for a minute and I didn't commit to where I wanted to just basically show appreciation to movies that tend to be overlooked or just tend to not get the the praise that they deserve. And that's more or less the crux of of that show that you guys have. And I'm I'm a big fan of of that. Well, thank you. Yeah, that, I mean, it's something I, I really um. That's why I do that. You know, that's why it's that's the premise is. So that we can kind of talk about these movies that get overlooked or are underappreciated. And, you know, because there's so many movies that I love that just have slipped through the cracks over the years that I get to talk about. Um, although I don't really get to talk about the big movies on my podcast. So I'm really excited to be talking about a really big movie with you guys here. <laughs> yeah, us too. Believe me, we uh, we asked you pretty early on in the year because we're trying to be a good show, get our ducks in a row organized. And you requested jurassic world which i was i'm gonna be honest i was not going to see this initially if not for the show (laughs) and so i'm very curious so i guess something that i kind of wanted to start this episode off with is the obvious Mm -hmm. question when it comes to franchise type movie uh derek where are you jurassic park slash worldwise like how are you with the fandom how are you with the movies do you have a favorite do you have a least favorite yeah i um i definitely am a really big jurassic park fan like i have been my entire life one of my earliest memories is watching the first one, because the first one came out when I was like three years old, and it might have been like one of the first movies I saw in a theater or the first. I don't know, but I remember watching it like that that Christmas, like Christmas of 93 at like my aunt's house. And just I've loved it. And I think, you know, as a kid, I loved it for just like, oh, it's dinosaurs. But as an adult, I appreciate it on such like a character level. And, you know, over the years, I've, you know, there the sequels have kind of gone up and down in quality. I think everyone can kind of agree on. I'm actually a really big fan of Jurassic World, the first one. I know that movie gets a lot of hate, but I think it does a lot of really smart stuff with like its commentary on movies in general and what the franchise has gone through. And it's like, oh, it's this whole thing about like, oh, well, dinosaurs aren't really good enough for anybody. And that's kind of like how it's like, yeah, 93, seeing a dinosaur on the screen and the CG was so cool. And now it's just like we need to make up new stuff because, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. So I think, you know. Jurassic World and Jurassic Park are my favorites. Jurassic Park is one of my, maybe my favorite movie ever. It's like in my letterbox top four for sure. Dang. And the, <laughs> yeah. Strong praise. And the, that's good. Though. I, mean, that's, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I love that movie. Um, uh, The worst one I would probably have to say, there's two that I really dislike, and that would be Fallen Kingdom, which I think is just really weird and convoluted and just kind of exists to set up the movie we're going to be talking about today and doesn't do a lot itself and it's two weird different movies smashed together Mm -hmm. and then Jurassic Park 3 which is like (laughs) just kind of a 
dumb monster movie that has it's the most dated thing you'll see like it's just got like the whole thing about they can hear the like very 2001 loud <laughs> cell phone from inside the dinosaur i can't hear and, that ringtone without immediately thinking of that movie they did they own like, that ringtone now <laughs> if i hear that ringtone i think a spinosaurus is gonna get me like i will be very afraid exactly yeah. but i mean even that being said even like because i did rewatch the original trilogy um in leading up to this new one I just never got around to seeing the the two Jurassic Worlds, um, but even Jurassic Park three, which is a bad movie with like the worst characters and one of the dumbest scenes in uh, cinema history, where the Alan. the Dream Raptor, <laughs> Alan. I even I'm like watching. I'm like this is bad, but I'm still having fun with it. It's still dinosaurs. <laughs> it's still Alan Grant. It's mm-hmm. you know it's and so that's the thing about this franchise is even when and this is gonna maybe like allude to uh, what I thought about this movie, even when it's dumb. It's still fun, and I had this thought, and it's reminiscent of a Woody, not, uh, no, uh, it's, uh, what's his name, Mel, Mel Brooks, a Mel Brooks quote, where it's like, dinosaur movies are like pizza, even when they're still bad, <laughs> even when they're bad, they're still pretty good, and that's exactly I that. how I felt about <laughs> Jurassic Park. That's really good. Uh, Heath, what are your thoughts on Jurassic Park Dude, as a whole, or any of that stuff? Obviously, the first trilogy is iconic. You can't talk about movies and movie cinema without about talk about how great the CGI, not CGI, the practical effects in the movie are. They're fantastic. The T Rex is terrifying in, in OG one. Yeah. Um, as far as a new trilogy, though, as part of my conversation today, I have not seen the second one. I've not seen Fallen Kingdom, which I'll jump really, ahead. Uh, I haven't either. So, <laughs> really oh, okay. I didn't watch my, Fallen Kingdom either. <laughs> Were you guys just like, what is happening? I was like, it's It's a big, this is a big vehicle with like, it's an amusement park ride. I'll figure it out. I I don't know if it hurt or helped. I got to be honest, it probably strongly affected how I experienced this movie for sure. I did not mind the first uh, Jurassic World. It's it's fine. It's a good fun flick. Um, But for sure, the OG trilogy is where it's at. And I will agree, it's definitely up there as far as top movies for me as well. Yeah, I mean, I just I already explained I I didn't see Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I'm not a big this is going to sound kind of weird. I'm not a huge Jurassic Park franchise guy. Love the first one. It is like in terms of it being almost like a 10. It's like a 9.8. Almost a flawless movie. Can't stand the kids. But I love (laughs) the first Jurassic Park in terms of it's it. What I like about and this is this will go into my like my measurement for this this present movie it's like a very subtle horror series, the original mm-hmm, trilogy, yeah. where it's family, and so you can watch it with your your kids, or your parents. But it's about trying to not be eaten alive by monsters. Like it's ostensibly a horror movie. So I really, the especially first, the yeah. kitchen scene, do the kitchen scene, Terrifying. the T Rex scene, uh, mm-hmm. even in part two, which I, I, I understand. So here, my thing, I like part two. I'm aware it's not a good movie. But to me, part two leans wholeheartedly into let's just make it the monsters. There's monsters and run and the big T-Rex at the end, you know, in the in the city. So I I really like the original, I guess, the original trilogy. The third one is is trash. What's funny is I didn't (laughs) mind Jurassic World. I thought it was like Mm -hmm. if I had to hand to God rank them in terms of like quality movies, not just ones I like. I think Jurassic World might be my second is the second best, in my opinion. In terms of it did have something to say and it, it achieved that it, it accomplished it. So with that said, I didn't care for what I was hearing about Fallen Kingdom 
And I was in my head, I'm like, I've got like, you know, six, seven months to watch Fallen Kingdom before Dominion comes out. <laughs> Never got around to seeing it, uh, which I am curious. You'll have to fill us in on a few of the blanks because okay. it's it is our fault. It's 100 percent my fault. It's yes. a franchise movie and I didn't watch the previous one. You know, what's bad is I really thought like I saw it. I definitely saw it. And I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I did not watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I very yeah. clearly did not watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. go, please, please. No, I was gonna say it's interesting because Fallen Kingdom literally only exists to set up this movie. Like it's just it's all set up, like no payoff. It's like well, that's why I do like that Jurassic World, even though it's like a like a reboot or a soft reboot, whatever you want to call it. It and it has some threads, like ooh, what's gonna happen with BD Wong? It's and it's its own thing, and it doesn't really lead into anything, which is one of the problems with Fallen Kingdom. They kind of has the same problem that Lost World. And Jurassic Park 3 do. It's like, okay, well, how do we get these people back to the island? Why would they go back, you know? <laughs> and uh, just long story short, the plot of that movie, which is, like, bonkers. And also, somehow the only one I never saw in theaters. Like, I saw all the five other ones in theaters. Um, I just never really got around to seeing this one. I only mm. saw that one once. I watched it a couple years ago just because, like, I guess I got to watch this. Yeah. new one at some point. <laughs> I think I watched it during the pandemic uh, or during the <laughs> lockdown. Um, but... Quick, long story short, they're like, oh, Isla Sorna is a volcano now. There's a volcano that's never been mentioned that's going to explode. It's going to kill all the dinosaurs. We've got to go back and save Blue. Let's get Bryce Dallas Howard and, uh, and oh, what's his name? I was going to say uh, Clive Owen. No, that's not right. I think it uh, is Owen something. I don't know. Chris, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Owen Grady. Owen Grady. Chris Pratt. they got to get him back to the island and so they can save all the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs will go extinct if we don't. And I'm like, there's another island of dinosaurs. They made two movies <laughs> yeah. there. Never gets mentioned. Never gets mentioned. <laughs> They go and then they're like, oh, we got and that's half the movie is like them saving the dinosaurs and getting them off the island. The people who get them off the island are actually the bad guys. And then they like, oh, betray them. And they try to leave them on the island as it's exploding. The second half of the movie is like a weird dinosaur op auction where the, all the bad guys are like auctioning off the dinosaurs. And you find out that's where the clone girl comes in. Like, it's like, oh, she was actually mm. a clone. And James Cromwell is this secret partner that Hammond had in the eighties that no one ever mentioned. And he's her bold move. Grand. It, it's so <laughs> like, there's so I can't, it's so much. It's so weird. And it becomes like a slasher movie. And then all the dinosaurs are going to like dot like Toby. Uh, what's the guy's name with the, from the hunger games He's one of the announcers that isn't um, Caesar Flickerman, but he's, he's also in captain America. I can't remember the actor's name right now. Oh, but he plays yeah, like Stanley a, Tucci, right? No, no, not Tucci. The other oh, guy. From hunger games. Means, I have no <laughs> to, clue. Uh, to, Tony Jones, I think. Toby oh, Jones? the bad guy, the deep voice, yeah. dude. Okay. No, no, no. He's he's kind of like he always plays a kind of like ridiculous, like little sniveling guy. Um, I think it's Tony Jones, no Toby clue. or Tony Jones. Um, but he plays like this weird because it came out in 2017. So they're like, let's just make this guy like a weird Trump character. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like that's weird. Like, what do you like? What is the message here? Mm. And there's not really any message. It's just like a bad guy. You know, cool, great, whatever. Um, and then. All the dinosaurs like havoc breaks loose. There's a there's a slasher monster dinosaur. It's called the Indoraptor. It's gonna kill them all. And then all the dinosaurs are about to get poisoned and die. And then the clone girl is like sets them free into the world because she's like they're like me. They're alive. And that's how the movie <laughs> ends. It just exists so that they can wow. like get the dinosaurs to this the mainland and then set them free. And that's kind of one of my things about this movie is that like. They spent an entire movie setting up the premise of there's just dinosaurs in the world. And then other than the first act, they 
don't do a lot with that premise. They just kind of just yeah. go back to a new Jurassic Park in a valley. Exactly. I'm like, all right, that's a weird, bold choice. Colin Trevorrow, who didn't direct the second one. He did the first and the third, but he still wrote the second one. So why would you spend an entire movie writing that and then not really utilize that premise? So I don't know. That was uh, weird. That's my uh, thing on Fallen Kingdom. That's my five minutes of Fallen Kingdom, I guess. Same I mean, star- story for Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, with Star Wars, at least it was different people. Like, like J.J. Abrams was like, I set something up. Ryan Johnson did something different. Now I have to do something different. But (laughs) Colin Trevorrow did it to himself, which is like... Well, I think that's... I think there's a blessing in disguise that they yanked Star Wars from him because they're like, this is a turd. We might as well make it a sandwich as opposed to just a a cake and turn players a turd. Uh, Dude's name is Toby Jones and that's, he played, he played MODOK. That's uh, from in Captain America and stuff. That's who he was. Uh, He becomes MODOK, I guess he becomes, he gets in the computer. Oh uh, yeah. He's uh, he's like the, the face, the green face in Captain America Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. That's who he is. Uh, See, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't want to tease this much longer. I guess we could just dive right into our thoughts on the movie. I'll just come out. I didn't like it. I, I, (laughs) I saw it late last night and I was just, I looked at when I, uh, I usually look at runtimes right before the movie starts because I'm like, I should probably plan my night ahead. I'm like, this is two and a half hours. Oh my God. I started it at 1030 and it was a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> but uh, I saw it in like big giant IMAX. So that was at least at the very least, it was big and Jesus, it was loud. It actually hurt my ears a lot <laughs> during this movie. Dude, weird take. I had the same issue. Well, this movie is almost too loud. Yeah, the it very hurt first my ears. scene with the freaking boat and the dinosaur uh, coming out of, the, yeah. out of the water, dude, that freaking crap is loud as crap. <laughs> I think it was just mixed wrong. I think I don't know, maybe. Derek, what was That's your uh, what was your take on it? So, like I alluded to before, like you know, the, these movies they're not always great, but I always have fun with them. And this movie is so dumb. Like you said, <laughs> it's not a good movie. But I had a lot of fun with this movie. I was like, it's dinosaurs. We've gotten the whole crew back together. Not only are there like, <laughs> you know, the crew from, you know, these new dinosaur movies. You've got Bryce Dallas Howard and you've got, um, you know, Owen Grady, the raptor whisperer, and then a couple other guys. But you also got the original trio back the, for the first time. They've never all been in a movie before. They've been showed up in different movies, sometimes in cameos, sometimes as main characters but they never were back together and seeing them, even though the reason they were all back together is convoluted and nonsense and mm-hmm. super locust was not what I thought this movie was going to be about. <laughs> but um, it was so cool to see them back together and to see everyone kind of doing their thing. And I was just like, it was like a theme park ride. It was like, it wasn't like Jurassic park one. It was like the Jurassic world ride at universal studios. So in that, as- in that aspect, I liked it. You know, I would, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to be impartial about this uh-huh. and to give it like a rating that is just like as like pure cinema. Like if I but I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of don't believe in that separation of like, OK, well, this is what the Roger Ebert half of my brain says. And this is what, you know, the uh, Michael Bay half of my brain says. You mm-hmm. can you can you know what? Just fuck it. If you like a movie, you like a movie. And I would Absolutely. say I'd give this like, yeah, three out of five stars, you know, like it's fun. I might even go back and rewatch it, unlike Fallen Kingdom, which I don't think I'm going to revisit anytime soon. I could see this movie again. It is a little bit long for uh, the kind of dumb fun that it is. But yeah, you get to see like a fucking Edward Scissorhands fight a <laughs> fight a giant dinosaur T Rex thing at the end, and like this has no like usually when they have like the big fight at the end, 
there's some kind of thematic reason, you know? There's like, okay, we like the T-Rex is loose in San Diego, we gotta get him, or like Jurassic World does a really good job of building up like this, uh, the the kind of Indominus being this thing, and then getting the, now we've got the, the T-Rex back from the first one after him not seeing him for three movies, he's back, and you know, this one there was no real reason. Although, interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys know this, there was a cut scene that was shown before uh, Fast and Furious 9 that was going to be the original opening to this. Really? And it shows, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's crazy because it actually, by cutting it, made the movie a lot worse, in my opinion. Because it show it starts with, uh, and I know I'm, I'm going on here, I'm sorry. No, you're good, but, you're um, good. <laughs> the, it starts with a uh, Gigantosaurus, which I think is the one that the main big evil dinosaur in this mm-hmm. and a t-rex meeting in the cretaceous 65 million years ago and you can kind of i tell do this remember is that scene Did yeah okay yeah and it's cool because it's like okay this is clearly the t-rex that got cloned and put in jurassic park but it's like it's almost real like, one. A Kong, it's got like godzilla versus kong where it's like the unsettled yeah. rivalry you know for <laughs> millions of years and that's that is that's incredible that's dope yes I thought and, this and movie it, was going to do that. I thought based on that little like teaser thing that they did that at least a portion of the movie was going to be the Jurassic era, like Cretaceous era, like the actual like, dinosaur era. Uh, yeah, that was very, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was very misleading. Mm-hmm. And, and they cut it, you know, like I'm like, that was a great way to start it to A, set the table and B, set up this final battle and mean it act- actually makes sense in the film, especially since there's a shot that's mirrored in that where after the T-Rex dies, it's laying on the ground and you see like the mosquito come and bite it and fly off. And then that shot, ha- same shot happens in the end of this movie where you kind of like zooms in the T-Rex's eye and he's like, just kidding, I'm not dead yet. And he comes back and fights him. <laughs> and so without the context of that prologue, that is utter fucking nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it works because I had seen the prologue, but unless you like saw Fast and Furious or like me went and like watch the prologue because you're a big Jurassic Park nerd, it the final battle is so dumb and out of left field. But uh yeah. but once again, like it worked for me. I mean, hashtag release the Trevorrow cut, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like again, this is uh, I spent the first act of the movie trying to play catch up. So it was yeah. very I appreciate it on their part where they're like, well, you should have watched it where it's just, hey, she's a clone. And it took me a minute to be like, oh, that's the world we're in now. <laughs> That's that's where we have mm. come in this Jurassic Park world is now we're cloning humans. So that took me a minute <laughs> to calibrate myself to that. And yeah, especially since the news report says it in passing. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And a clone escaped. No big deal. I'm like, what the fuck? Is Jurassic Park? <laughs> I remember the trailers for, for Fallen Kingdom. So I remember like the dinosaurs falling off the cliff and all that. So I'm like, OK, I can accept that the, it is a and the, as they look straight in the camera, Jurassic World now where <laughs> all the dinosaurs are everywhere. I'm like. I accept that kind of a cool concept. Sure. But I feel like this movie had no clue what it wanted to be by the end of it. I feel like this, this is such a cliche. I feel very much like this was a movie made by committee because Mm -hmm. they had a lot of the boxes that needed to be checked. Uh, We got to bring the old cast back. Check. Still got our new cast. Check. All right. Well, Theme park rides are good. How do we make a theme park ride out of some of this stuff? What if we literally have a, a, part of the ride that takes place like in like a mine cart type uh, <laughs> part. And they're like, that's easy enough. So it's, but then like I mentioned before in the beginning where ostensibly what I really loved about the original trilogy was that there were, there were giant tones of horror in it. 
and there were very few moments of horror in this. And it's not even till the near the very end of the movie. After the first half, which to me felt like the Tra- uh, Travel really wanted to do a James Bond movie, but they couldn't. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to do it. It was yeah, very Mission Impossible James Bourne like spy thriller. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what? Why is this a spy thriller about locusts? I want dinosaurs. (laughs) To me, it felt like Quantum of Solace meets Jurassic World, where it's like this kind of messy espionage smuggling stuff. I'm like, that's not why I'm here. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. like, show me a dinosaur eating a person, please. And like, (laughs) even if you don't want to go that far, which I get. I mean, if you look back at uh, the original Jurassic Park and part two now, it's like they were generous to get a PG-13. Because you see mm-hmm. a guy, and it stuck with me in my brain forever. First Jurassic Park, dude on the toilet gets ripped in half by the two T Rexes. That's oh, that's the that's the second one. Is that the second one? The Crap, guy, okay. In the first one, the guy on the toilet gets eaten by one T Rex. In the okay, and the second one that it's, messed me that's up. That's the one with two T Rexes. Yes. Okay. So the first one, the guy in the toilet messed me up because they showed him get lifted, and then part two mm-hmm. screwed me up because yeah, he gets uh, he was the good guy too. Oh, this is coming. I'm was Ed, playing. Yeah, Eddie. He, uh, yeah. I'm replaying it in my head. Yeah, that's Mr. Noodle. He freaking, yeah, he got uh, he got jacked up by those dinosaurs. But like, that's what I like about it. And then with this one, it's like, what about a chase scene? I'm like, well, I, you know, sure, you can make that work. But then I feel like they re-edited the chase scene as opposed to what I saw in the trailer. Because in the trailer, there was this really dope moment where Bryce Dallas Howard throws the, like a pipe and just freaking racks a dinosaur. He's freaking like, uh, like clotheslines him on the neck. And the the timing of it was gave you a second to really process what was happening. But in the movie, I feel like they trimmed it a bit so that you don't even really see too much. She like throws down the pipe and then dinosaur hits it and then falls down. Like you lost the oomph. I'm sorry, the oomph during during that chase scene. And like what was with that weird, uh, very much James Bond looking villainous chick with the laser pointer? That's her. Oh man, <laughs> she she just I've been watching. I just started Severance last night too, and she shows up there, and I was like Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I'm but it's like who what, in my head I'm like maybe she was introduced in Fallen Kingdom cuz this I is a weird so. type of character that, to introduce. That dynamic, here. the laser pointer thing was introduced in Fallen Kingdom. Oh, like was. the laser okay. I don't she I don't think she was a character but the whole like we've trained him to follow the lasers was a thing that they did in Fallen Kingdom if I remember correctly. And that's that's fine with me. Uh Heath, what are some of your thoughts on on the movie? I mean, I, I agree with both of you guys, honestly. Like, I didn't enjoy it overall. The plot is convoluted and shitty, but there are some really cool dinosaur parts in it that are really sweet. But my biggest complaint is I feel like all these scenarios were, were created in a vacuum. They're like, what if this happens? And this happens? And this happens? Now let's put all these MacGuffins and shitty plot to throw it all together. Yeah, not a lot of like, connective uh, tissue between the mm-hmm. moments. Right. And I think that's my biggest issue is like watching it, like scene for scene, there are some pretty sweet ass scenes in it. But like in between the scenes, I was like, I don't get this i don't care what's going on i don't have any investment in this story at all quite frankly um and that's my biggest issue is i felt like for two hours all i was wanting to see is like maybe 50 minutes of it of the cool action scenes and that's about it yeah, yeah i'll yeah. i my favorite scene in the movie hands down easy is because to me it felt the most jurassic park was when bryce Dallas howard is trying to like like crawl into the water with the big Edward Scissorhand dinosaur mm-hmm. right above her. That was like, pretty sweet. That was exactly what Jurassic Park is, where it's tension. And that sick-ass scene where you see her underwater and him yeah. above the water. That's he screams, and terrifying. then my actual eardrums got blown out because the theater, <laughs> the way the theater was set up. That was, re- I loved that. I'm like, give me 
please give me more of that. Where that's, even mm. if, you know, if you're like, oh yeah, it's horror, but it's monsters. But to me, suspense is synonymous with the original trilogy at the very least. I, my mind goes to, I mean, think of the the, the raptor scene in the first one in the kitchen. Think of, uh, I know the scene's a little bit messy, but think of when, um, what's her name is at the bottom of the RV in the glass. And the glass is starting to slowly shatter. Yeah, like, that's that's just, the second one. That's yeah, that. like, I'm, also, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like with yeah, like with the the different and then with the third one even, uh, I mean there were there was less of it, and I'm trying to kind of cherry pick at what I thought. Like the scene where they're uh, checking out the the raptors, like whatever, like they find the the raptors in that one little building. Like there's these moments to oh, me yeah. that that in like the, you get again, it's kind of dumb because then she gets bamboozled by a raptor pretending like it's in a tube. Uh, <laughs> Stupid but, Leone in that movie. I'm sorry. I just, she just are the worst characters in movie history. I hate them so much. The time, I yeah. wish they had brought them back just to, to this movie get just eaten? so they could get eaten. Like Ezra, Edward Scissorhand could have chopped them up. I hate them so much. They're really bad. They're really dumb. That's I'm sorry. Good job there. No, you're, I no, hate them. Welcome to our show. This is a rant about. We're just ranting our feelings about it. <laughs> <laughs> because again, I love the first Jurassic Park, and I'll say as a whole, I like the original trilogy. Mm. Just because, again, obsessively, it's suspense and horror. This movie, you get tiny moments of it, and it's filled in with this strange world. And what this, what I'm worried about with this, with this series, is it did what, and I didn't see the movie but for this very reason. I feel like this has done what Independence Day two, which who would have thought I would pull that one up into, into this <laughs> discussion did where the first one its whole thing is that it's we're reality grounded reality aliens are here what do we do and then you make, make a you know a 90s action movie about that but then it's like okay well the sequel now there's aliens here so now it's just a hard sci-fi movie where it's like that's not what made the first one special so in the original Jurassic Park we were getting our minds blown because again reality and now there's dinosaurs here and now it's all the way to now we're cloning human beings and you're reproducing asexually and it's like that has drifted, I feel like, too far from where Jurassic Park, where its its zone needs to be. Because, ostensibly, it should be about dinosaurs. And I feel like the dinosaurs mm. really take a giant backseat in this movie. I, I will any? say, oh. I was going to say, this movie, like, all, I can't agree more with that. Although I will say, I think that the, the reproducing asexually thing is very Jurassic Park 1 with the whole, like, Ah, frog DNA, and then, you know, that, so that <laughs> yeah. did feel kind of reminiscent of that. But I will say, like, it does feel like, yeah, this has become much more of a sci-fi world where the first one was much more grounded. But this feels like, you know, this was, if you had just, without David Kep or Steven Spielberg, if Michael Crichton had just written a Jurassic Park movie, which obviously he's the writer of the original book and did the screenplay, mm -hmm. worked on the screenplay for the first one, but if he was, the like, solely responsible this would be the kind of movie you would, it would get how all this weird like corporate espionage thriller stuff because the book is a <laughs> lot like that the original book is like Dodson is like a main villain in the book and he's just like it's that one scene in the first one and then they make him the main villain this kind of like retroactive like he's been the bad guy all along you know yeah. I made Snoke like that kind of thing um <laughs> but like so it like with all the stuff about like all oh, these weird creatures and Crichton I think is a really good idea guy but he didn't know how to do interesting characters or like dynamics or have like really engaging plots but he would come up with like these great ideas and that's what this movie feels like it like mm -hmm. for better or for worse this is the most Crichton of all of Jurassic Park <laughs> movies I think that's really fair I so this I'll put on my pretentious film hat for just a second here mm -hmm. 
I think the reason why the first movie worked so well with the stakes and stuff, because you're mostly comfortable in the sense you're like, they're not going to eat kids in this PG-13 movie. <laughs> but because this is like one-on-one, because we like the characters so much. So because each character has such a personality, they stand out. You care when they're getting chased by a big fake dinosaur. Mm -hmm. I don't care about Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't care about, about Grady. I don't, you know, or Chris Pratt. I don't care about these guys. And so literally during that raptor chase in the in whatever that city was, I really mentally checked out because I'm like, get eaten. I'm like, get get your leg bitten. <laughs> I didn't care about this character. And so there was no stakes for me. And also, the, I don't know. I feel like with the CG, I'm just I'm so desensitized to it. it I don't get a sense of dread looking at a big, scary CG thing as mm. opposed to you can touch that T-Rex in the first Jurassic Park. It is. It was an inconvenience. It held up production. It costs. It like <laughs> raised the budget substantially. But you, there's this. You, your, your brain, little monkey part of your brain, triggers fear when you can see it and you know it's real. And mm -hmm. so having these dinosaurs and stuff that are that are there, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's just where we are today's day and age. But even the parts with the kind of jankier looking. Uh, like animatronic dinosaurs in this movie because there was a, a, a few moments that there were animatronic dinosaurs and they stood out to me where I'm like that's a physical thing I know that's a thing I just I don't get the I, I maybe it's just the actors maybe it's just I don't want to be mean to Chris Pratt maybe it's just his acting ability or his take on the character but I get no sense of dread or fear when they're looking at big scary monster even when he's doing his stupid bit where he's putting his hand out I'm done with that <laughs> so that many was times it was an accident that people memed the crap out of it in the trailer for this movie, dude. They, he did it three times in the trailer trying to do that crap with those big, giant looking T-Rex looking things when they popped out of the little doors. He's like, oh, stand down. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Stop. And I'm not trying to be mean to the movie. It's just I got mm -hmm. irritated after the third time that he put his little his hand out to like, whoa. By all means, be mean to this movie. This movie, is, it's kind of stupid. It's very stupid. So like, <laughs> like, you have a point. But it's really interesting because um, I think, you know, that kind of lends itself to what I think I was saying about the Jurassic world. And I think a lot of us nowadays are just jaded to these amazing looking dinosaurs and like this, you know, blend of CG and special mm -hmm. effects that we've seen it so much. Now we've, this is the sixth movie we've seen. And by the time Jurassic world came out, it was the fourth movie we'd seen, not just with Jurassic park, but with CG just in general. And I think that's why, you know, the meta commentary in Jurassic world for me at least was very effective. And there was none of that in this movie. So that's why I think, okay, it didn't really hit. Although I will say they did use a lot more animatronics in this than I think even any of the Jurassic park movies. I know in, there was like one, animatronic t-rex in fallen kingdom and there was five in this one they built mm. like four more or i think they built all five more for this movie so they did a, i do think like the dinosaurs in this look mostly incredible um although if you do want to see some just like straight up incredible cg dinosaurs there's a really good show right now on apple plus if anybody has that called prehistoric planet um, and okay. people don't know what I'm talking about. It's David Attenborough, so the guy who does like oceans and planet Earth and mammals and all those shows. Mm -hmm. And it's done exactly like one of those shows, but it's with like dinosaurs and so they're all obviously CG. There's no animatronics. And while I am kind of like, okay, like do a mix of them, they do look incredible and they're all CG. And it is great to have like David Attenborough be like, I'm here, the Tyrannosaur. 
coming. (laughs) That's so cool. And, you know, it's very much like, you know, if anybody from back in the day remembers walking with dinosaurs, it's a lot like that. Although it's really cool. It's it's a really it's, you know, with more modern technology, with more modern knowledge, like we know so much about dinosaurs now that we didn't know. And that's a tangent. But that is a really cool show. If you are a big dinosaur nerd like me, spend the five bucks, get Apple Plus for a month or get the free trial and watch it. Five episodes. It's incredible. I like that a lot. I will say to pepper in the good and the bad, and then I'll, I'll toss it to Heath real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that we got realistic dinosaurs in this, where mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, big bird looking feathers," yeah, because that's yeah. in you know obviously it's huge in the in the paleontology community about the accurate de- re- depiction of dinosaurs, and they're like, "Oh, and the feathers," and they're basically big birds. That's what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they kind of they kind of wrote. A excuse for that where they were like oh we had to splice it with reptile dna you know frogs that's why they <laughs> look like giant lizards the way they do but mm-hmm. i loved seeing the that scene with the raptor on the ice where it looked like a proper bird yeah. that was awesome i will give them that was credit. a great scene that was yeah. a freaking great scene i liked i liked that a lot but yeah and then uh i think they did it yeah even like the big edward scissorhand uh dinosaur it had like feathers and like a beak type mm-hmm. thing i liked how they have uh X amount of years, like 30 years later and X amount of movies later, we're still visually coming up with uh, with cool stuff for dinosaurs. Heath? Mm-hmm. I will say with the animatronics you guys are talking about, I did feel like the the black market scene, like the way I had all these, all these shady characters and stuff, yeah. Yeah. felt so fucking Star Wars to me. It, it felt, was ridiculous. Yeah, dude. It felt real Star Wars. Like, I, I like, like that. This could have been ripped right out of this, put it in Star Wars, and it made perfect mm-hmm. sense. It felt bizarre to me, like how weird that tone shift was for that scene. That's all the, like, that's, the weird animatronics are clearly animatronics. Yeah, like the like, little like baby bird looking ones that are like popping yeah. up like out of the little thing. I that's what I meant by just it felt like a like a whiplash in terms of like tone and and like I said like made by by committee because it's like well we gotta have our underground you know <laughs> dinosaur fights type thing where I'm like I love that idea please commit more time to that and we don't even really get too much of that. Uh, something I was really sold on in the trailer was that really cool shot of Chris Pratt on the motorcycle being chased by the Raptor whips the corner. And then you see those two giant carnivores walk stomping mm-hmm. around the street. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then I feel like they kind of wasted that money shot for the trailer because then when it happened, that's more or less the end of that, that scene. And then it cuts to him chase or going down the runway to get on the plane. So something that in this uh, transition into it, like we, it is a huge deal that we got, you know, Alan Grant back. We got Ian Malcolm back. We got, uh, I'm so what's Laura Dern's character's name? Sattler? Uh, Ellie Sattler. Ellie Sattler. Sattler. Uh, they're great. And I'll, I'll save a whole section about the, about the gold bloom. I feel <laughs> like they were, they were wasted slash. We didn't get enough of them depending on what part of the movie they're in <laughs> because yeah. I love them as frankly, I just, and this could just be the boomer part of me. Just show them. I don't care. Again, I don't care about Chris Pratt. I don't like him as a character. I don't like tough guy in my dinosaur movie. These are dinosaurs. You don't get to out tough a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> grabbing. I do. I did like that when he grabbed that freaking thing by the neck. That's pretty I was sick. like, oh, all right, that's actually kind of badass. <laughs> but uh, was like, but uh, I feel like, you know, when during the part introducing basically the big overarching plot of the, the grain and with the locusts, having them being involved, I'm like, okay, Weak, but fine. And then I feel like the second they team up with the, they, they get reunited with the, or I guess introduced to our new cast, they basically take a backseat and don't matter. And that kind of irritated me. Cause I feel like when you take the very ambitious task 
of having not three, not six, but nine characters in your party. You have OG three, you have Chris Pratt, uh, you know, the, the Bryce Dallas Howard and the, the kid, you have the pilot, you have the dude from what's that, uh, that Netflix show, uh, archive 88. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, him and, uh, and BD Wong. You have nine mm. characters by the end of this movie and at traveling as a party. I'm like, dude, that's too much. And not <laughs> one of them gets hurt. I'm like, there are no snakes at that point yeah. if no one even gets maimed. Have BD Wong get his ankle bitten or his leg ripped off for atonement because that's the big overarching. He's the one character, like, I mean, not I mean, not necessarily literally, but like overarching in terms of the world of Jurassic Park. He's responsible for all of this like and in one set or one way or the other and he hasn't had his comeuppance yet and i don't i'm personally maybe this is just the the mean part of me i don't forgive him <laughs> <laughs> he should sacrifice himself for sure yeah. <laughs> Blood on his heads. no you're, you're you're absolutely right um and i think i think what they would have been a better play would have been do it like spider-man uh no way home introduce them it like the midpoint or like in the second act at some point and be like, okay, here's these legacy characters. And they don't just have them on the separate thing and just cutting back and forth, have them come into the story for whatever reason and be like, okay, here's the guys you wanted to see that you've been waiting half the movie to see. Now they're here. Now they're impactful. And then have a moment maybe where one of them dies, maybe Ian Malcolm dies or something. And that motivates everybody or have Alan Grant make an Iron Man sacrifice at the end of the movie so that you feel something because it is there is this like little nostalgic rush of like, oh, cool. And it got me. I won't lie. Like, I was stoked to see it. That's part of the reason why I was so excited to see this movie mm -hmm. was to see them come back. But there was no real like I wasn't like, OK, they're do they're back other than like, OK, she's wearing the same shirt. But it wasn't like and there was no real thing that got me excited about their characters or their arcs like they were in the last few movies yeah. or in their, their first movie, I should say. Um, so if you would have had them had the stakes like that like you were saying if have one of them get injured or die or do something at the end but they all just kind of make it out fine um that's what bring back the kirby's have them get eaten you know like <laughs> exactly that, do that i just i know i'm harping on that but that would you do anything like that um so i, I think like that would have been a much better use i almost feel like that's the route this needs to take i feel like it, this is dangerous and it can only last for a few movies i think this needs to go the fast and furious route in terms of Let's lean into the dumb where it's like, more we know, more you people. know, who wants to see someone do a backflip? And it's like, let's go. <laughs> let's have just bring back for a scene, like bring back the Kirby's and then they get get ripped apart by the dinosaurs. Pay Tia Leone and what's his name? You know, the Daffy to bring them in. Well, isn't it true? Well, this is the last, like, this is it. I don't This when they it. say this is it. I don't believe I, that They have been saying this is the last one. They promoted it as the end of yeah. Jurassic era. Um, and it seems like, you know, they didn't leave any sequel hooks or anything, but, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, man, that they need to lean into the dumb and like embrace it and have more and more characters. I don't know. He, I, I know I kind of, we haven't heard from you on this yet. No, that that's, I'm good. Yeah. I just want to talk about like, I thought this was the last one. So I'm good with the characters being an overarching, like this could be the end of it. Uh, I just feel like they should have played more in this movie for Jurassic world. The more like living together aspect of it, they hit on the very, very end where he's like saw dinosaurs with horses and shit mm -hmm. that was awesome i feel like that should yeah. be like the main plot of this movie should have been like locusts somehow mixing with dinosaur dna like some dinosaurs just like came on some locusts now they're like 
locust dinosaurs or something. Are you like, talking like the fall breed. of humanity now? Is that what you, <laughs> yeah. you want? Like a post-apocalyptic movie? Dude, honestly, that's that would have been like the movie I wrote. I would have written like I would have written a movie saying that like we want to live together. These are beautiful creatures, but they died and they didn't exist with humans for a reason. We just can't mm-hmm. live coexist, and that's why the park was good as to show and like admire them, but they can't live with humans. It just does not work out. I yeah, would have that, that story, be, honestly. No, you're absolutely right. And that thematically would have fit with everything Malcolm has been saying, who's been right the entire time. He's basically Michael Crichton writing himself into his books originally <laughs> to yeah. just like say his worldview. So I think that would have made so much more sense. And that's why the first act was the act that worked the best for me when they are like on the streets of Malta. And it's like, how would dinosaurs being the world affect the world? Oh, right. there's like now there's illegal dinosaur rings and stuff like there's just big carnosaurs in the streets of malta and here's an allosaurus like that mm-hmm. really worked for me and when they went away from that it just kind of became they squandered all the setup they had done in the past two movies and it just became like another here we're in this like right. isolated area with dinosaurs i was like what was the point of all of that setup mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, I i i couldn't agree more i think just in you have such a cool toy box for this for this franchise in terms of, you know, characters and dinosaurs. And I feel like with this movie, it chose like global economics, not economics, like, you know, like the whole food part and Mm. got like the, the business part and all this stuff. It it, it focused on like the part that to me wasn't as interesting as dude, there are dinosaurs here. (laughs) That's never not cool. Let's just keep talking about this. (laughs) I didn't care for the, the villain in this. I feel it was very like cheap Steve Jobs type uh, character where I want more nuance out of, you know, your big bad. And I couldn't recall, did they ever name drop the competitor in the original Jurassic Park when what's his face is like selling, like trying to like sell the, the shaving cream can to the other. No, people? but Biosyn, like he, he does it is from the book. Biosyn, he does mm. work for... The, that is like a big plot in the book. Dodson is like doing all this corporate espionage stuff for Biosyn in the book. It doesn't get mentioned, his company, in the original Jurassic Park movie. Um, but he does canonically, I guess, work for them. I was just hoping for that little extra detail. That would have been cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I love... I feel like it, it did it just enough where it's like, well, it's, now it's weird you're not doing it more. With the nods to the previous, it mm-hmm. did you didn't do the member berries thing where you got the shaving can and mm-hmm. you literally get the recreation of a scene where he drops it and like, it's got mm-hmm. the, <laughs> and like to me, it's like lean into the bit. Let's make this movie even more of that. Turn that dial up, do a lot more of the kind of cheaper fan servicey stuff like callbacks. Like they do it a, a handful of times, but I wanted it significantly more. And uh, hmm. one of those moments that, that I feel like they did it and I'm like, go cheesier. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But the bit where uh, where Jeff Goldblum is about to hop in the Jeep and uh, he's like, there are like there are dinosaurs out there. He's like, drive fast. I feel like we all know the bit you're trying to reference. <laughs> go a little more on the nose. Yeah. You like must go faster than or something. Just yeah. go go dumber with it. It's because it's 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 gold. It's Goldblum. So he will mm. sell it no matter what. To which uh, that'll lead to Goldblum was my highlight for this movie. He's just such a cool dude where in this world of dinosaurs <laughs> and panic, he's just kind of there. He was like, I'll throw a cheap joke in every now and then there. His friends are literally about to get eaten by dinosaurs behind a gate. And he's the most like level headed, calm 
Uh, uh, a thousand, a thousand combinations. Hold on. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Ah, uh, here we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Was he typing in six nine six nine six nine at the end? Was that? <laughs> was he? Did you? I think that's what. I don't know. No one else mentioned it, but I saw it in IMAX, so I saw it as big as I could. And when he's like, "I think I know what it is," and the last Fucking time, I, I think he was typing. I think I really wanted to be seven six oh nine six nine. Just I, pulled him a I gotta go back and rewatch that now and look out for that. That is that's if that's true. We need to like you're like a genius. We need to like pass it all over the internet. Like get Twitter on this. Like oh my god, that'll raise that's it a so whole good. star for me if it <laughs> if that's what happens. I feel like but, they didn't give Goldblum a, a script. They just said just just be Goldblum. Just be you, dude. You yeah, got yeah, this. right. It felt very improv- improvisational <laughs> for sure. Did. Like it did not feel like Colin Trevorrow dialogue at all. His stuff, exactly, because he was like the only care. And this is strange. He's the only charismatic one I felt like in this entire movie. Where I know, and that's I think that's the problem with mishandling Chris Pratt, because we know how charismatic he can be, whether it be Parks and Rec or, or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We know how charming he can be, but I feel like with this role and with the direction he's given, because it, it does it comes down to the director as well. It's his vision of it. He's just he's too much of like a wooden board to me. He doesn't have a good personality, or he's not. We know what he can do, and so it makes it that much worse seeing how boring Chris Pratt is in the in these in two of these movies that I've seen with him. Uh, and I I feel like the moments that, y- there's one moment, and I'm like, this is clearly him doing his thing, was when even Goldblum was like, is that a dinosaur on your back? And he just goes, yeah, yeah, it's a dinosaur on my back. Like, I'm like, that's Chris Pratt. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the ticket purchase that we're, that we're getting with this. But like, I'm trying to even recall, I don't think he has any good, like actual like dialogue in this movie. Like, I don't recall, he has like a few moments talking to his daughter Mm-hmm. that's even wishy-washy he has one scene that I actually recall where he's talking to his daughter by the campfire and now that gets cut off he doesn't get enough to do and rice also doesn't get enough to do like and I'm, I'm thinking of this as i'm speaking which is why it's so messy these characters don't have much to do in this movie and besides yeah. go go get the daughter okay but what are the chain of events that you were doing and like what's that was extremely messy and horrible bad podcast way for me to say what was the point of this movie and like with the journeys and all of it i couldn't figure it out like with with uh, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler, that they're in love, and so that's a thirty-year arc that is getting tied up. Where they ended up together, where it's like it doesn't feel earned to me. They just spent more time together. It wasn't like there was an ev- anything that occurred that changed their previous relationship. I feel like. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like when they kiss at the end, I was like, okay, good. I'm glad you guys are together because I'm still to this day mad that Jurassic Park three split them up. <laughs> um, but I and I was like, okay, this is where they need to end up. But they didn't really do any work to sell that they in this movie, at least, that they should get back together. Um, I I think there is still enough goodwill left over from the first Jurassic Park that I was like, okay, I want this to happen. I'm glad that it happened. But yeah, there a lot of the arcs just don't make any sense there. And like you, I think you had on a really good point where there is not really any main kind of charismatic person. And I think. That's something that was missing from these last two. I think that Jake Johnson really carried that load in the first Jurassic World movie. I, I forgot think he, was, he was even in that. He's, oh my God. He's he so was great. I, he was so him, funny. Him and Lapkus in that movie are incredible. And they get a, they get a cameo. They get a picture. You see their picture like for a second when he's like <laughs> oh, looking through the things. And I'm like, I do kind of wish that they had brought them back. Like, cause they, uh, Trevorrow mentioned, he's like, okay, this is going to be like the end game of Jurassic Park. And I was like, cool. 
we're going to get everybody. Like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, we're going to get Jake Johnson and Lorne Lapskis back. We're going to get the Kirbys to die. We're going to get <laughs> Nick Van Owen. Like, we're going to get Sarah Harding. We're going to get everybody. And I was, like, so down for that. Like, you know, like you said, leaning fully in to, like, the goofiness of it, just making this a really big thing. And I think that there wasn't really a charismatic lead. They tried to make Chris Pratt kind of the main character. Whereas I think, honestly, if you look at who the real protagonist of World is, it is, um, it is, uh, I'm sorry, I just totally spaced on her name, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. And mm-hmm. I think that she's the one who goes through some real growth in that. She does have a little bit more of an arc in this one, but I think that this movie is so overstuffed with all these characters who aren't really growing that mm-hmm. you don't really get to see her um, grow or change at all. It does kind of hit on that mm-hmm. same thing that a lot of Jurassic Park movies hit on where it's like, you are learning to be a parent. That's what, except for Fallen Kingdom, all of them have done that. Like, Alan Grant goes through that arc in the first one. Malcolm learns how to be a good dad in the second one because he's been, like, a a dad who's not there for his daughter. Mm -hmm. Alan Grant goes through it again in the third one. He has the same (laughs) arc. Uh, And then Claire Claire goes through it. She kind of learns, oh, to, like, has that same arc that Grant had in the first one with her niece and nephew. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of a hallmark of Jurassic Park, which obviously comes from like Spielberg has to put like kids of divorce in all of his movies. So that kind of grew out of that, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's very, I love that. That's very well put. I, I agree. That's, I think that's why I don't think this movie will quite stand the test of time. And it does. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to just crap on it because it's like, Oh, the old Jurassic Park was better. It is, but it's not the reason why I can't <laughs> like this one because I like the old one. I want to like these, and like I said, I think Jurassic World is the second best Jurassic thing that we've been mm-hmm. that we've had. But with this movie, it didn't feel connected enough to wrap up thirty years worth of movies. If you're trying to make a claim like it's the End Game, mm-hmm. End Game, one way or the other, touched on and closed out a lot of a lot of circles and stuff from every single movie one way or the other with this movie. And granted it is kind of Jurassic Park's fault to where, you know, part two has nothing to really do with Alan Grant. Part three has nothing to do with Ian Malcolm. Jurassic world doesn't really touch up on really any of them, except you get like one cameo of, uh, of, uh, I'm pretty sure of, of Goldberg. It's been years since I've seen it of Goldblum with his book. Like you see, like, yeah, he's, he's on the picture, the cut, there's a picture of him on the book and he's in like fallen kingdom for like a second giving it like mm. an actual cameo. Mm. Okay. So like I just, like I said, like with this movie, it doesn't quite leave me with the satisfaction that if it's attempting to do that, to close the, the book on the Jurassic park as a franchise, it didn't quite do enough because there, are, there is a system. Like this is my, uh, this is my Jamie Kennedy from scream at this point. There is a system to how this works. Okay. <laughs> we have to go back. Yes. We got to go back to the park. How easy is this? Go back to Isla Nubar. That's how this is supposed to go. If you're closing the book, it must mm-hmm. end where it began. And so go. let's go back to the dusty old <laughs> building with the tattered uh, banner that fell, like all of that. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the new to the old. And that, that'll be so much more fun because with the audience, you're really, this whole franchise is just going off the graces of that first Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. Here we are still like basically saying, hey, remember that? those characters in the first one that was great here's another one that's not as good and we're all still making this movie ba- i think it already broke what what was the current box office doesn't do you know off the top of your head it's it's at about as we're recording it's at about 150 um is what it's made so far i think it made about like 130 over the weekend um mm-hmm. so it's 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 doing pretty well it's not going to be top gun maverick probably because that movie has 
weirdly good legs. Um, so it it's depends on positive word of mouth, man. People will see. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I might see it exactly. again. Even. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says right here, box Jurassic World navs 15 million for Tuesday store, 173 million dollars. Uh, yeah, looking at right now. Uh, I think that's domestic though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with uh with overseas quite yet. But, I will say real fast on that. One advantage that this has, why it's probably going to beat everything else worldwide, is because this is one of the few movies that's actually got the green light to open in China, and it made about fifty million dollars in China. <laughs> no gay kissing in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh man, the Chinese no, audience gets to see it. <laughs> well, you know, don't tell the Chinese that the raptors are actually trannies. Like, don't tell them yeah, that right? they're transsexual <laughs> raptors. That they had a sex change because, of the, like, uh, yeah, we we support. I mean, mm. I, I hope you guys do too. I definitely support trans rights. I, I feel like <laughs> oh, yeah. the uh, pilot implied. Which she's very yeah, she's too. gay, but she does. But she didn't kiss. It was inferred. Mm. <laughs> they're they're not doing a Buzz Lightyear with her. Somehow that's where okay. They're straight up because not it's... showing Buzz Lightyear in China because there is a same sex kiss. Oh my gosh! Come on, guys. Oh my yeah. dude, get over it. Oh my god. <laughs> or how with the uh, Fantastic Beast, they cut out the line where Dumbledore said that he was in love with Grindelwald. They had they just mm-hmm. like cut it out so they could show it there. Dude. I mean that movie sucked and like didn't make any money in china or america so you know fuck that movie <laughs> i love one of my favorite jokes that i've seen one of my favorite things is uh, i'll look at the reviews on letterboxd and i love the the purposefully jokey ones where it's mm. like the secret of dumbledore they're like we all know what dumbledore's secret is <laughs> china might not be familiar with it but we all know what dumbledore's secret is <laughs> Yeah, that I I think this movie will do well just because again it's it's right it's riding that the coattails of Jurassic mm-hmm. Park so it's going to make money and that's why I refuse to believe this is the end. I think we'll get you know once the the theme park get gets X amount of like attraction where it's like not hitting is whatever threshold they're hoping for they'll pump out another one. Mm. And that's actually it brought up a question that I uh, another podcast brought up. Why do you think and this is this is kind of like a, a almost existential question like why aren't dinosaurs in more movies? Hmm. Like, why is it Jurassic Park owns the live action like dinosaur? Like, you get the garbage B film ones where it's like Raptor Preacher or whatever, you know. Uh, but you don't hmm. get proper dinosaur. I feel movies like it's really mostly anymore. because of budget, yeah. Because to do it right, to do that it is, well, that's true. You need a huge budget. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The only other huge budget dinosaur movie that I can think of, and this is like barely a dinosaur movie, is that. One where there's transformer dinosaurs. Like I didn't see that one, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Dinobots or whatever. They did. Yeah, <laughs> like I listened yeah. to the the screen drafts, like um, draft of all the dinosaur movies that they did, and it was like Jurassic Park, Dra- uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and then like a bunch of B movies and The Land Before Time. So like there, yeah, <laughs> you've got a really that's a that's a good question. I have no answer to it honestly. F- More feel, dinosaurs, yeah. damn it. Yeah, just put dinosaur. <laughs> and I mean. I just give me a good I say good in the sense of I I I love the occasional trash movie. I'm not above, you know, the sci-fi channel, whatever TV movies. I'm I'm not above those. But give me a good, gritty, bloody monster dinosaur movie that's mm-hmm. actually taken not serious, <laughs> but like given the money that it requires. Cause I feel like we can do that and it's so easy and so fun. Right. Have have an MCU movie set in the Savage Land. Like, like dude, how cool yes. dude. would that be? Oh my it god! It would be the best. That has to be coming. Hope it's gonna happen. I promise you, it's gonna. Actually, I think I talked Are about. I, I think I talked about this in the multiverse of madness. There's a bit where they're going. It's it's the, mm, the yeah, scene yeah. where Doctor Strange's floating yep. through. There's a bit where there it looks like they're in a jungle, and I think there was a dinosaur. I mm-hmm. I saw the movie one time, so I, I'm trying to recall that. And I'm like, I bet that's the Savage Land. I think because we have to go there. <laughs> there's mm, only mm. so much more we can do now, but. 
yeah, like I said, with this with with Dominion, I was just so disappointed because it was nothing that I wanted, and then what it presented to me felt unfocused. And that's that's basically just another re- fra- uh, way to rephrase what Heath was saying of that cool moments, you know, peppered out almost like dominoes, and then you just have the little breadcrumbs between that's like loose tendons between the different parts where it's like, eh, how you know, it'd be cool if, uh, uh, you know, they're in the air and then like they got to go against some t- t- pterodactyls or whatever those ones are called. And they're like, that'd be cool. How do they end up on the plane? And they're like, yeah, fine. We'll and then they slap on the yeah. keyboard. <laughs> they're on the plane. Happy? Like, sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, what about the like, we have to have like a, a thing that's like going to stop the pterodactyls. We got to give them something to do. It's like, well, how does that science work and that you keep them out of the air? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're just... <laughs> Like you're not gonna you're not gonna give me a throwaway line of like oh it's like a, a supersonic screech that you know deters them away like nah just don't worry about it planes are yes. fine but they it the works. birds hate it can't they can't stand it at all <laughs> right uh, that was another scene I actually really liked I really loved the bit where Bryce House Howard it's like a the camera's like strapped to her chest and mm. they, it shoots her up and she's flailing and then she yanks on the thing. And the second you get a sense of calm, that's when you see the the terror. I think they're pterodons are flying, yeah. flying by her. I'm like that. That was great. It was though that scene was uh, was phenomenal. Again, it felt Jurassic Park to me. It was just it's tension. You know, it's yeah, cool yeah. tension. Uh, yeah. Man, I, I I feel like I need I mean, like I'm responsible to say something again. Good about Jurassic Park because I've been crapping. <laughs> I, I think I'm on, on Letterboxd. I gave this two and a half stars out of out of five because. uh it's cheap laughs in terms of I like Jeff Goldblum. I like giant monsters. So I like Kaiju. I like, you know, the dinosaurs in this, like the T-Rexes and stuff. That's cool. So that fulfilled my, I guess, like kind of the more shallow aspect of my expectations. Mm. But as far as a movie goes, and it's not fair to judge this, like, you know, air quotes, douchey cinema, but just, I loved Top Gun. I thought Top Gun is one of the probably top three movies I've seen this year. (laughs) Not even swear to God. Everything ever all I'm doing this right. Everything ever all at once. Top Gun. <sighs> I don't know if I want to give the third spot to maybe X or uh, maybe the Batman. I don't know. I'll receive that third spot open. But the point is, I like as much as I love like art house. I also love dumb action. This movie didn't mm-hmm. do any of that for me. So, uh, Heath, what are your kind of closing thoughts on on Jurassic World Dominion? Kind of just rehashing what I already said. Like, I feel like the biggest issue with with movies a lot of movies fall prey, fall, fall prey to this right now is where they create scenarios in a vacuum and they don't take into consideration the rest of the story. Um, you brought up everything all at once. They have these great scenes that are incredibly written and everything makes perfect sense. This movie, they made cool scenes that were awesome to see, but the in-between in the story, just didn't. I just didn't care. I had no investment in it. And quite frankly, it seemed like MacGuffins. It seemed like you just got to be like, yeah, she's a clone, whatever. Just fuck you. Just go with it. It's cool. Um, which is fine if you go into it expecting that, but I was expecting at least some kind of loose tied story that made some sense and really a worthy thing. They, they should have made it more isolated, something smaller, which is why I think Jurassic Park works because it's all isolated to a park. You're running away from the dinosaurs, not trying to be eaten. And this tried to make some kind of like weird political uh, st- statements that I really just didn't care for. I just think it should have been like more isolated, smaller, uh, and better, not convoluted story, really. Yeah, yeah, that that brought up that brought up a great point, and then I'll I'll toss it to to Derek. I feel like they try to ha- have. Some, I wonder if they did they forget to make a point with the what's her, the little girl's whole journey about like I'm a clone, but I'm like my own person because I feel like there was no I feel like there was no resolution to that. 
like yeah. what she had <laughs> the, really? she, they play this whole thing is she's like i'm not a person i'm a well, she discovers clone. she has a mom. i'm a monster and then she's like but i do have a mom it's like yeah kind of <laughs> and like what does that make you does that give you that sense of fulfillment like what is your arc again I, we keep bringing up like character arcs and stuff what was her journey in this she's like i'm okay that i'm a clone okay i'm glad but i don't get it <laughs> like i don't it didn't it, it, i don't understand that journey uh derek i guess what are your what are your thoughts on the rest jurassic world dominion yeah i mean i'm about the same page as you guys like i you know i said i gave it uh, three out of five. I was really wavering between two and a half and three. I was like, eh, yeah, I'll go to three. I just gave it the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I think ultimately I was like, what was this movie about? What was it saying? And I don't really think I have a clear answer. And I think that's been a problem with almost every Jurassic Park sequel is the mm-hmm. first one was like, okay, this is a movie about like just kind of corporate greed and just like things gone too far. You, you keep pushing it and you like, should you, should you? And then, the second one's maybe about environmentalism. This one is maybe about climate change, I guess. But yeah. it, it doesn't really feel like there's a clear theme or message in the movie. And I think for me, if it had had that, I, all the other sins would have really paled in comparison. I would have been able to be like, it's dumb fun and it's great. Whereas it's just now it's just kind of dumb fun. And there there's no real spine to this movie. Hmm. I, well I did want to ask you guys one thing too, because we were talking, because you kind of have alluded to ranking stuff. You know, what would you guys have a ranking for the Jurassic Park movies? That is a great question. Uh, Heath, I'll give you a, a second. Uh, I can't, I have to abstain from Fallen Kingdom because I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But to me, off the top of my head, Jurassic Park, you know, OG 93. Uh, and then it goes Jurassic World. I would actually say Lost World, then goes number three. Jurassic Park three and then Dominion and I can't place Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like the like 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 Heath said is it's when you have a big concept sometimes it's better to lock it in a small cage. So a park Jurassic Park is perfect for that. And I feel like they wrote themselves really bad into a corner where now the world is has dinosaurs. Where I mean that's that's cool, but it's like as a writer write a compelling Jurassic Park story with that. You're like, oh, that's kind of rough now that everything's out of Pandora's box. And what, what do we do? What do we try to, is the next movie them trying to put them all back or us actually trying to, because I feel like it's about animal rights more or less. Like that's the big thing with all this is they're like mm-hmm. nature preserve. And uh, we got to learn to live with all this stuff. So I feel like it'd be a real slap in the face for Good the question. next plot. Like, what do you possibly do? What, you, what happened with the activists at the beginning of the movie? They kind of just, just dropped that, huh? Uh, yeah, Bryce Dallas, they needed that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bryce Dallas Howard's like, oh, I need to do something, uh, I don't know, different. <laughs> I need to make yeah. make real difference. Okay. There's some loose threads in this one. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'll say Jurassic Park, uh, probably Lost Worlds, and then Jurassic World, and then Jurassic Park 3, and then Dominion. And again, I didn't watch Fallen, Fallen Kingdom, so. Yeah. No uh, from what I hear me. from everyone, it's not on, that's not a, Unusual, or it's not. It wouldn't be unusual for us to put Dominion or Fallen Kingdom at the very bottom anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. That seems to be the synop. The the thing with everyone is that they're saying it's the worst one. Yeah, for but. me, I think, and I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna start with uh, the lowest because I mm-hmm. like to build up to the better. Uh, sure. Is <laughs> is uh, 
at the bottom of the list, like alluded to earlier, is three. I really just think that is just kind of a dumb monster movie that's fun that doesn't have a uh-huh. lot going for it, even like this one. Then Fallen Kingdom, which I laid out my problems for. Then I think you get to Dominion. I, you get here. And then I would say uh, probably The Lost World at number three. Because so I think there's some legitimately good things in that. It's kind of a flawed sequel, but it works. Then Lost, And then Jurassic World. And then, of course, the OG is my number one. Like everybody. Absolutely. Beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm I'm shocked. I think they did it at the beginning of the pandemic. I kind of wish they would do it again because they were doing it with like E.T. where they're doing like the 40th anniversary thing for it. I want to watch the original Jurassic Park on the big screen again. Oh, That'd I really dope. I, I did Alamo get to do that. To do I, that. I've gotten nice. to do that a couple times because I, I worked at a movie theater way back in the day and I there was like once a year we would just get to go watch a DVD on the big screen for our party. And I brought <laughs> Jurassic awesome. Park and we voted on that. Then a couple years later, they had the 25th anniversary, and I got to watch it there. And then um, leading up to the release of this one, um, there's a local independent theater. Um, they're a really cool theater. If anybody is out here in um, Orange County, Southern California, um, the Frida, check it out. They actually did my live show there. Um, but they did an outdoor screening of uh, Jurassic Park, the first one, on this big inflatable screen. And it was so cool to see that. Uh, it's getting to see the big T-Rex up there on the big screen. It's, awesome. It was absolutely phenomenal. Hell yeah. I think you might be near our uh, our friends over at the I'd Like a Refund podcast. I'm pretty sure they've mentioned that, that theater as well because they're, they're, over, they're over in that area. So but, actually, yeah. fun fact, um, my co-host Ariel, I guess, used to work um, at the same place as one of the guys on the I'd Like a Refund. Oh, he, yeah. works, <laughs> he works. Yeah, he used to work where me and Ariel work now um, for our day jobs. I It was before I worked there, so I never met him, but... <laughs> That's real. That's a small world. That is insane. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, this movie's not. I, I didn't think it was particularly good. I I don't know if I would revisit. If I revisited this, it would have to be because I make the conscious decision to watch the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. I can't see myself picking this one out. Be like, you know, what I'm in the mood for because I can't. I I don't think that. I mean, I really. I don't see myself doing that. I, I still am not inclined to watch Fallen Kingdom as much as it is like the, com- the completionist in me. I feel like the little like psychotic part of my brain is like, well, you need to. What about what if you're missing little like thematic, you know, nods and stuff? So I'm like, I just don't care. I'm I'm so overwhelmed presently with things I need to be, or need to slash want to be watching. I'm not watching a dozen great things. So like mm-hmm. I have to really be picky with the things that I do watch. but. Yeah, so that was that was our thoughts on that. Uh, actually, I will say real quick, I don't know. This movie is making a, a good amount of money, but my theater IMAX, the biggest IMAX in my local AMC, there were four people there, like at the at the show. And granted, it was like 10, 10 o'clock, ten thirty on a Wednesday, but or yeah, on a mm. Tuesday. But regardless, though, it's like, come on, guys, it's Jurassic Park. No one gave a crap. But you know who everyone did pour out of? Top Gun. The theater was packed and it wasn't IMAX. <laughs> and that's it's interesting real fast on that because this is going to be the first time this summer that it's going to Jurassic Park is only going to have like a week of its own because Multiverse of Madness had like three weeks till Top Gun opened. Top Gun mm-hmm. had three weeks, I think, until Jurassic Park opened. But next week is Lightyear. So it's not going to have like all these IMAX screens to itself for that long of a time. It's not going to be able to have all of this attention people are going to have other options coming up pretty quickly here. Yeah. So that is going to be interesting to see how it affects it box office wise, at least in domestically. Absolutely. Yeah. That 
uh, Lightyear comes out, and then not too far along uh, around the corner, we got Thor. I mean, I already the tickets yeah. are already up, and I bought my tickets for it. I bought it the day of, and I bought it at, like noon, and half the theater was sold out already. I'm like, dude, it's yeah. my god. That's I guess that's the bed I got to. Uh, that's my bed now because I'm I made the jump from Cinemark to AMC. <laughs> so there's only, there's one and there's actually okay there's three but they're like with i gotta drive like 30 minutes to get to the other ones but like with cinemark i had there's like six and within 20 miles and so there was never there was always another show time but because i made the jump to amc it's like i'm at the mercy of one actual it's not actual it's imax so i don't you, you might know about this like there's mm -hmm. too many formats right now like amc specifically <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because there's IMAX, like actual 70 millimeter proper mm -hmm. IMAX. The there's, true IMAX, as yeah, they call yeah, it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's laser IMAX, which has apparently that's like a 4K uh, projector or something. There's other IMAX where it's like 2K, two 2K monitors pushed together. Then that's, I think then, then there's Dolby, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> then, then yeah. and all this other stuff. There's too many. But I, regard, I mean, I'm, regardless, I'm getting my A-list values worth very much uh, as of late. Because I feel like, and I, I told my, I had to tell my wife about this because she's like, you're recording again tonight? I'm like, summer started, man. <laughs> summer started, now we're back to back to back with all these movies, and I can't Dude, say no. We're going to review Buzz Lightyear, right? Yeah. Uh, next week, I believe. Yeah. But my, my, my day to go see movies is Saturday, and Alamo Draft House is showing There Will Be Blood on Saturday. Oh, that's and I dope. think I want to use my season pass ticket for that instead of Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> you can probably get away with. So watching Lightyear and like whatever I'll like figure it out cheap one yeah dude because we got Lightyear next week with Ryan from I'd like a refund then I don't know he hasn't responded back which hey I'm calling you on that at Cameron respond uh, he hasn't responded back about Marcel the shell with shoes on so you may have lucked out on that but then Thor I'm pretty sure is the week after that yep so yeah we're, we're freaking busy man but uh Derek thank you so much yeah, for joining yeah, us this was a blast thanks for letting me talk your ear off I love talking movies with movie people uh i know i think the last episode i listened to was your mario episode i don't have you i don't mm. think you've uploaded a new one since have you we just a couple days ago um came out with as of the time of recording this came out with our episode on the frighteners um which was oh, a really cool okay. episode um we got uh we had phil isco um from a podcast like it's 1999 um showrunner of <laughs> sleepy hollow was i guess so that was really cool um he was Hell really yeah. knowledgeable we got i you know Love, that's, I loved getting to talk about the Frighteners and um, Peter Jackson's career. So, you know, give give that episode a listen. Uh, I would say absolutely listening out there. Yeah, well, listeners, while you're at it, do good things to them. The underrated cast on like that's your handle, right? On Instagram and, and all uh, that stuff. Under undercast um, on Instagram, yeah. Undercast on Instagram. Okay, yeah, do that. Go to their Spotify. Go to their Apple. Give them five stars or whatever the rating is for uh, for Apple and Spotify. Do all the good things to them. Do good things to us too. On I John at Genre Geeks. You can vote right now. I posted at the time of recording. I posted today. Uh, we did our draft for uh, for I think this year or the summer. We haven't quite decided if we can do it again uh, another time this year. But we did our bank heist draft where we create a crew for a bank heist using nickelodeon characters so we all me heath and darren drafted our own teams against each other and the voting is up now so you'll have two weeks listening to this to cast your vote on who you think cr drafted the best crew for their bank heist 
Uh, I'm already getting a ton of great, amazing feedback. People are really big. Uh, they have very strong opinions when it comes to the Nickelodeon <laughs> cartoons. And so I'm, I'm being corrected sometimes on who we should have picked. And I'm going to put my thumb thing. on the scale a little bit and say whoever had S, uh, XJ9 on, as their tech person. The that guy, was me, the girl baby. The chair. Okay, yeah, that was Good great. on you that for calling like, her XJ9. Oh, yeah. That means you're a real fan. None of that Jenny <laughs> crap for you. Screw what she wants to call herself. <laughs> xj9 i randomly th- i was like as i've been thinking about it, i'm just like reminiscing of that cartoon in my head i'm like god that was a good show and i feel like it's one of those shows i don't know if you but i have this problem where you think of dexter's lab you know you think of these really i what for us iconic cartoons mm-hmm. and you're blown away that they lasted maybe two seasons mm-hmm. like yeah i'm i'm pretty confident i bet if i look right now my life is a teenage robot how many episodes do you think there was my life i'll say 70. You think 70 episodes? Oh, wow. Actually, there's way more than I thought, but you're you're closer. There are 40 episodes of my life as a teenage robot. And it's I feel like with that, it's like those shows ran forever. Like I expected I expected so much, uh, so much more out of that. There uh, are, maybe okay. I should have called her Jenny, though. I used her dead name, and I already used maybe an outdated term <laughs> earlier. I'm referring to trans people, so I apologize. I th- I am fully sympathetic to people and their causes, but I think when it comes to fictitious robots, we can go a little... <laughs> we can be a little meaner, I guess, about that. We can be a little more bigoted when it comes to f- robots. <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you very much, uh, Derek, for joining us. Thank you, fans, and until next time, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? History began on July 4th, 1770. This is where the fun begins. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Uh, I thought pie jokes were bad. All right, ramblers, let's get rambling. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having